Hello, I'm Mumtaz Chaudhary, your new host, and welcome to another powerful episode of How I Lead Change, a podcast about executives leading successful human-centric changes in their organizations. I would like to begin by acknowledging with respect that I'm hosting this podcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territory of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. Today on our show, I'm joined by Radha Kirpen, Vancouver Managing Partner and National Leader at Bennett Jones. Radha co-leads the firm's environmental law practice, and with over 30 years of legal and advisory experience, she specializes in providing strategic counsel to clients related to the environment, First Nations, wider ESG matters, gender equity issues, and the handling, transportation, and remediation of hazardous materials. Radha has served on numerous corporate, nonprofit, and governmental boards of directors, co-authored scholarly work on Indigenous rights for the American Bar Association, and serves on the Board of Governors of the Brit Business Council of British Columbia and as Vice Chair of the Board of Directors of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Radha, it's a real pleasure to have you on our podcast today. Well, thank you, Mumtaz, for this opportunity. I'm, I am uh, privileged and I'm honored to be here with you. Thanks. So Radha is going to share how she leads the people side of change. So let's dive in with our first question. So Radha, tell us about a change journey you're currently leading, either within Bennett Jones or with other organizations or clients. Uh, thank you, Mumtaz, for this question. Um, I lead the environmental social governance platform. I call it platform rather than a practice area at, uh, at Bennett Jones. And, and I have practice in the areas that are relevant to ESG for years. And um, ESG is not um, a new concept, but it has uh, gained a lot of momentum and it is accelerating in Canada and around the world. Um, and let me explain a little bit about ESG. It's a, it's, it's a, I, I call it a language. It's a new way uh, to see existing problems. It's uh, the way I see it. It's a gateway to collaboration and partnership. It enables organizations to recognize risk while realizing opportunities. It bridges the gap between what your current state is and when you, what your ambition is. It basically allows us as a firm to future-proof our firm and to also help our clients future-proof themselves. So what I'm doing in this area is I'm, I'm working with clients and with my colleagues at Bennett Jones to embrace this. I'm also working with, uh, for example, at the Business Council of BC, we, we had a whole session on ESG uh, in BC. At the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade, where I'm a senior vice chair, we are also having micro-credentialing of organizations on, on ESG. So in terms of our focus on what I'm doing at the firm, uh, so some of the key steps that I'm taking in, in, in the ESG platform in recognizing uh, the opportunities around there, and I would say can be used as a roadmap to create and embrace change in many other areas. So it's really 
whenever I've encountered or I've embraced change or seek change, so in some cases I've sought it, uh, is to do a number of things. That Those are the number of, of steps that I've taken. First, I learn as much as you can on the topic. So you can position yourself as a credible source when questions arise as to why change is needed. Uh, you have to identify and address barriers or risk and offer possible solutions. Uh, second, you have, and it's not necessarily in a particular order, but uh, this is how I, mm -hmm. I sort of do it. Uh, you have to have a clear outlook on your vision and what the path towards the change will look like going forward. Uh, you have to seek a sponsor or several sponsors who see the value in the change you're trying to make. Uh, I, the other thing I do is I share my knowledge and show your team how their interests and the interests of the organization align with a common goal of the change. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to capture their hearts and minds to ensure that you can convince them to support the vision. You also have to be prepared to explain why the change should not be seen as a threat, but you have to listen and understand the various perspectives around you. So work to understand why some people might be hesitant to the change. And don't simply treat them as they're having the wrong position. You have to hear what they have to say. And one of the other thing I do is I enlist those who are interested to become early ambassadors or champions to help promote the benefits of the change and to start leading the change. I actually call them the champions of change mm -hmm. and, and they know that uh, and everybody knows that that's what they're called. And <laughs> so the other thing that I also do, I, I consistently and tirelessly promote the change and its benefits. You can't stop doing it. Uh, and the actions you take have to be consistent with what you're communicating to your team. Um, mm -hmm. Right. So so um, that's part of what you need to do. Com communicate to your team how the organization is thriving due to the new approaches or behaviors brought on by the change. You have to determine the short term goals so you can you and your team can celebrate the victories, the small victories and stay motivated because it's a journey, right? So there, there will be ups and downs. You have to empower, encourage, support your team in the effort to make progress. Um, and, and, and you have to also know that you're not gonna win everyone over and that's okay. Uh, you need to convince the right people and enough people, but there will always be dissenters. And I always say the dissenters make us better uh, because they bring they challenge us, and which is good. And finally, I would remember one thing is that influence is not just about your role or your position, but it's about what you say, when you say it, and how you say it, the basis for saying it. So remember, you can be in a, a position of influence, even if you don't know, you don't think you're in a role to, uh, to activate change. I love that, that what you said about how dissenters are, make you think and, and help challenge and, and think through different perspectives. That's yes. 
Fantastic. Excellent. So what would you say are the key factors driving change in your industry or for the clients or industry sectors that you advise? So in, in the ESG area, for example, what is driving this change? So the world is is volatile. It's a and it's evolving rapidly. Um, we've seen COVID-19, the war in Ukraine, the climate crisis, social unrest, global inflation, supply chain challenges, energy security. So much more is happening simultaneously. So and in ESG, environmental social governance, it's not a new age trend. It's really a business tool. It's a business tool for organizations to use. Um, there is a growing body of research that shows the link between ESG and financial performance. So what do we mean by ESG? It could be considerations such as um, physical risk from climate change, uh, energy transition, uh, workplace diversity, relationship with indigenous communities, supply chain issues, business ethics, anti-corruption, um, energy security, um, food, water um, scarcity, all these issues, um, some other political issues, some events that give rise to all of this. It's all about ESG, how organizations respond to the events of the day, to the risk of the 21st century risk. This is what ESG is about. So as so as we move towards a post-pandemic world, um, hopefully, <laughs> uh, eventually, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. we owe it to, to us, to ourselves, to our clients, to the people we lead, to the communities in which we work and learn, uh, where we can use ESG as a business tool, like as a tool to um, to identify and address 21st century risk and also fulfill the promise of 21st century opportunities. So for everyone, it's a learning experience. It's a growth and enrichment opportunity. Okay, wonderful. So you talked a little bit um, when you first talked about uh, leading change, uh, about some strategies, but what are some of the specific strategies you use to help people adapt to change and, and what's been some of the impact? I liked what you shared around champions of change and, and how um, influence doesn't always have to be a formal role, how you can influence in other ways, uh, despite your role inside an organization. But what are some of those strategies that you specifically use to help people adapt to change? Well, first, I I do explain to people that change is constant and, mm. and change is good, actually. Um, do not, I mean, people will resist because that's just the way it is. There will be resistors, like we say. Um, but what I say is that instead of resisting it, lean into it, lean into it, uh, expect it even before it arrives, harness it, uh, 
focus that the change will provide you with continued learning opportunities. Um, become an expert in your field, you know, enrich yourself with knowledge of people and connect with them. This is what change is about. Um, build. So I say to people, this is happening around us. This is the context within which this is happening. Build your credibility within the organization you work at, as well as outside those walls. And, and listen to understand. So active listening. Um, think before you speak. Speak up when you have something to say. Uh, what I do want to say is that I, we need to empower people and show them why the change is needed and explain the sense of urgency. So that's mm -hmm. sort of what you need to do. And then you tell them not to be afraid of the change. Don't be threatened by it. Um, and, you know, change is happening around you. The status quo will not serve you well in the future. That's the sense of urgency. Um, it, it is critical that the strategy of change align the change with the goals of the organization we're at and identify the opportunities for success. So it is important to show people why it is in their personal interest to work towards this common goal, right? So mm -hmm. sharing knowledge and information, listening to different perspectives, and use it to refine your tactics, to refine how you're doing things, make to make it better, to make your strategy better. Communicate the benefits and the small victories, as I said earlier. So in terms of the impact, I think the impact will be felt over time. There are always okay. some short-term gains. Here, when I'm talking about ESG, for example, for me, it breaks down silos. But in order to deal and to and to address the ESG risk and to fulfill the opportunities, you need to break down silos. So by, by that, I mean, in any firm, you have areas of, of people working together and then others not necessarily working together. This is meant to break down those silos and it's changing the way people look at a problem and solutions, the conversations internally with clients and in our communities. I think the long-term impact, it's, it's a journey, like I said, so the long-term impact is about future-proofing and, and having a sustainable business. Mm -hmm. by focusing on that that people side mm -hmm. and and yeah okay yes great what uh, one piece of advice would you offer other leaders on the importance of managing the people side of change well i would say again embrace change by listening learning observing refining communicating the sense of urgency for the change, communicating the successes, empowering people. It's about, it's about the power of people. And um, so I would also say, remember that leaders have to lead by example, right? Mm -hmm. to, to create a culture of diversity, uh, you have to communicate the need, for example, for a diverse team. You also have to foster the environment where people feel comfortable um, bringing themselves to work, embracing their differences, celebrating what they bring to the table. Um, people should be able to have 
difficult conversations about any of those topic. And um, so as a leader, I, I ensure that people are included and have access to opportunities in work allocation, leadership development, speaking engagements and initiatives to raise profile. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but those, that sort of, that's sort of my advice. I know you said one piece of advice. I may have gone mm-hmm. a little bit uh, broader <laughs> than that, but I guess I have a lot to say on this idea of change. My mm-hmm. entire career has been about changing it and managing change and seeking it. Lots of time has been about that. Yeah. So um, what you're saying is just encouraging others to embrace change, that it's a, a constant in today's business world and um, and for leaders to really empower and listen actively to the needs of their, their team uh, and their people to activate that change, as you say, right? I like to say that people fuel are the, the change fuel. <laughs> so you need your people on side to make that change really Absolutely. happen and really stick. I mean, the power of organizations is the power of its people. Right. It's all about yeah. people. Yeah. Very true. Thank you, Radha. I really appreciate you sharing your insights with us today. And that's all for today's episode of How I Lead Change. Thank, thank you so much, Mom Taz, for this opportunity. I, I do appreciate this conversation with you and I look forward to connecting with you more and thank you as well for creating this platform and for everything you do. Thank you, Radha. Really appreciate you joining me today and thank you to our our listeners Um, and join us again next time when we talk about leading change with another accomplished change leader and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast so you never miss an episode. Now go out there and be successful at change.